And I won't scratch the surface tonight, but I want to continue to address some of the things that are our world is, is roiled by the turmoil, by the challenges of the world. And as we, as the church, we need to always stand up for what is right. Unfortunately, most of the time that means that we're going to be very unpopular. That's right. The right position is not usually popular. Sometimes it is, but many times it's not. As the church, we have to have the love of God. We have to have mercy. We need to embrace and seek justice. We need to do all that God has asked us to do. We need to portray him to the world. Uh, after all, the world doesn't see Jesus unless they see us. And what they know about God is what they've learned by seeing in us. And we portray, we uh, project Jesus to this world. As we show the love of God, as we show the mercy of God, we also have to show the righteousness of God. God is not, and yes, we are his, I love that he's brought up with it, John. <clears throat> we are his little children. God loves us. He is our father. And it's an awesome thing to know that we are his children. Amen. And God loves us more than we could, and it's hard to imagine a love greater than that of a human parent for their child. But friend, God loves us more than that. And yet in the awesome greatness, the marvelous greatness of his love, he does not spoil us. He does not let us run rampant. In fact, the scripture says that when we get out of line, he chastises us. He spanks us. Not to be mean, not to be cruel. And friend, if you hurt a child, under the guise of spanking them, that's wrong. Amen. Amen. But spare the rod, spoil the child. God, in his love and mercy, chastises us, corrects us, so that we can learn to be better children of God. And as the church, sometimes we have to state positions that are at odds with the world. I did do a quick Google search, not for sports scores or anything else. <laughs> Houston Chronicle, a Southern Baptist leader said, Black Lives Matter. Should people be shocked? That's the, the headline. J.D. Greer, president of the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, made a statement about a week ago saying that it's time for the church to say these words, Black Lives Matter. I applaud the intent and the spirit in which J.D. Greer made that statement. However, I must disagree with the statement, and I'll tell you why. We're gonna look at this again. I'm taking you into a series of studies with the Lord's help on racism in the church. All the way back to the first church, the early church, the New Testament. We're going to see how there was a struggle with racism in the church. Did it destroy the church? No. You know why? Because we are children of God, and we are called to rise above Amen. the defects of our humanity. Thank God for the cross. 
Thank God for repentance. Thank God for baptism, washing our sins away in the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost that changes us. Thank God that we can be more like Jesus today than we were yesterday. We need to grow. We need to change. We need to learn. And friend, if we bring things that are defective, attitudes, perceptions, uh, biases, whatever you want to throw in there, whatever term you want to put out there, if we bring things into the church that are not in line with God, then we need to change those things in the church. Notice I said we need to change them in the church. Because if you change people's lives in the church, it's going to change them in the workplace. It's going to change them in uh, education. It's going to change them in government, in police, in, in our armed forces, wherever people are. If they start with a relationship with God, it will shape their lives in a positive fashion wherever they are. I'm going to read to you once again where I started, and I never went back to it on Sunday. Micah chapter 6, if you have Micah chapter 6. The question is asked in verse 6, what can we bring to the Lord? Should we bring him burnt offerings? Should we bow before God most high with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? No! No, oh people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The old King James says, he has shown the old man what is good. And what doth the Lord require thee, but that you love, that you do justly, and that you love mercy, and that you walk humbly with thy God. That is the crux of God's expectations to us. If you look at the Ten Commandments, they are summed up in the statements, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. You want to distill it down. A sermon on the mount that covers every major topic of humanity. Tremendous sermon, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You want to distill the Sermon on the Mount into three small bullet points? Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. It covers it all. Once again, let me remind you that if you take anything that I say in this teaching out of context, you do so at your own peril, you do so wrongly, and I do not allow any of my words to be taken out of context. I retain and claim all copyright to my words tonight in these teachings. You can share them freely as long as you share them in their entirety and in the right context. Amen? Right. Mostly, they're not my words. They're God's words. And they're several uh, scholarly articles I'm going to reference, and I'm allowed to be give the, the name of authors, etc. But before I go into the articles, I want to take you to just listen. Don't go there. I'll exercise my <clears throat> pastoral authority to 
You don't believe in a human church. <laughs> For good reason. All right. When I say that I disagree with J.D. Greer of the Southern Baptist Convention in his statement that it is time for the church to embrace the statement, to say the statement, Black Lives Matter, let me be very, very clear. Black lives do matter. I know that there's a lot of offense when that is qualified with all lives matter. But for the scripture says that God so loved Say it with me again. God so loved the world, humanity, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Friend, it has been said many times, and better than I could ever say it, but the cross is the great equalizer of humanity. When you come to the cross, everyone comes to the same place of repentance. And belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether you're rich, whether you're poor, male or female, uh, no matter your ethnicity, color of your skin, language, national origin, nothing matters when you come to the cross other than you and Jesus Christ. God loves the world. And he does not love anyone in the world better than anyone else. Even though we selfishly tend to think that's it. Black lives absolutely matter. And the way this started, the way that phrase started, it meant something, and it meant something good. I'm going to read to you a big part of the manifesto, the What We Believe, from the Black Lives Matter website. I want to demonstrate in Black Lives Matter's own words why the church has no place wearing the t-shirt, taking a knee, or using the phrase Black Lives Matter. And as I say so, please don't be offended because Black Lives Matter no longer has anything to do with Black Lives. It has become a political movement it has become a focused effort to destroy the family, to destroy what is right, and to impose the new world's order on this world. Smoke, mirrors, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, everybody can put on a good show. And there are a lot of sincere people that hear only the words Black Lives Matter. Absolutely, I'm with that all the way. But they don't understand what is going on behind the scenes. And I'm here to tell you the church has no right to get involved with what is going on, quote, unquote, behind the scenes. It's not even behind the scenes. This is on blacklivesmatter.com slash what we believe. Let me read to you. It starts out well, pretty good, even though things that they bring up in their manifesto are demonstrably false, unfortunately. Forensic autopsies reports from all walks of life have shown that these issues are incorrect, but I'm not going to go into that. 
Every day we recommit to healing ourselves and each other and to co-creating alongside, comrade, alongside comrades, allies, and family, a culture where each person feels seen, heard, and supported. That is awesome. I support that 100%. We acknowledge, respect, and celebrate differences and commonalities with that too. Not a problem with that. We work vigorously for freedom and justice for black people and, by extension, all people. I love that too. Not a problem. Oh, that's good. I like the next paragraph. We intentionally build and nurture a beloved community that is bonded together through a beautiful struggle that is restorative, not depleting. Nothing wrong with that either. Let's move down a little bit. Three paragraphs down. We are guided by the fact that all black lives matter, regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity. And here we go with the mantra of this world. We don't believe that God created heavens and the earth. And we don't believe that God created man, male and female created he them. We believe that we came from a monkey somewhere. And we believe that we crawled out of a germ pond and somehow came to be these incredible beings, human beings that we are. And we believe that we can be anything. Oh, you remember that old statement, you can be anything you want to be? That used to mean something positive. Now if you want to be a woman, call yourself a woman. The mindset, I'm sorry to be blunt, I don't want to be crude, but I want to demonstrate to you the madness of this world. The madness of the world that says, if you want to be a woman, call yourself a woman and you are a woman. They'll tell you, some will, that people outside of females by birth can menstruate. These are the same people that say you're science deniers when you talk about global warming. I'm not trying to be hurtful. I'm just telling the truth tonight. I have to call truth truth. If I call a lie truth, I have failed my duty as a child of God and as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are guided by the fact that all black lives matter regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, economic status, ability, disability, religious beliefs, or disbeliefs, immigration status, or location. Does that sound like black lives matter? No, that's political hotspot, hotspot buttons of the day, button issues of the day. Next paragraph, we make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. We are self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. What is cisgender? Those who believe that you were born a man and you are a man. Because your DNA says you're a man. And your chromosomes say you're a man. 
And conversely, if you were born with a DNA and a chromosome set that says you're a woman, you believe that you're a woman. They call that cisgender, and they call it a privilege that you try to exercise to the detriment of everyone else. We are self-reflective and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege and uplift black trans folk, especially black trans women who continue to be disproportionately impacted by trans antagonistic violence. Is violence against transgender people good or right or allowable or acceptable? No. But you don't go about tearing down God's creation in order to make a small subset of people feel good about themselves. We build a space that affirms black women and is free from sexism, sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centered. We practice empathy. We engage comrades with the intent to learn about and connect with their contexts. We make our spaces family-friendly and enable parents to fully participate with their children. We dismantle the patriarchal practice that requires mothers to work double shifts so that they can mother in private even as they participate in public justice work. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirements by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. We foster a queer-affirming network. When we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather, the belief that all in the world are heterosexual, unless she or he or they disclose otherwise. I'll stop there. When we gather, pause, whether it be in Ferguson, whether it be in Philadelphia, whether it be in Seattle, whether it be in San Antonio, when we gather, we do so with the intention of freeing ourselves from the tight grip of heteronormative thinking, or rather, the belief that all in the world are heterosexual. Friend, if you march with Black Lives Matter, thinking you're doing good because you're supporting black lives, Black Lives Matter says, if you stand with us, you are saying we are trying to dismantle the notion that God created man and female, male and female, and to break the tight grip of heteronormative thinking. It's wrong for you to think that everyone is heterosexual. That's what Black Lives Matter says. I'm wound up about this, folks. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be divisive or disruptive or inflammatory. But I'm telling you, the church has no place with that doctrine. I believe that we are the product of our creator. I believe that Genesis chapters 1 and 2 
tell the work of creation that God, in his amazing, marvelous wisdom and power, affected this world. I believe that the story of creation is not a myth. Amen. I believe that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. I believe that he separated the waters from the dry land. I believe that he caused all sorts of fish and creepy crawly animals and the, the horses and the cows and the sheep and the birds. I believe that he created all of that. He said, let it be, and it was. And I believe that on that sixth day, God took the dust of the earth, fashioned a man in his own image, and breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I also believe that God looked on Adam and said, it's not good that man should be alone. Don't tell me that there are other forms of companionship for mankind outside of God's definition of male and female. God disproved that theory. He took Adam into the dark and said, hey, let's look, look over all of my creation and see if there's anyone, anything that can come close to you, to be your helpmate. The one that will deliver you, love you, you love them, and you'll be one flesh. And as God paraded the entire entirety of his creation to Adam, God said, nothing matches. It's the only time we see any hint or evidence of an incomplete work of God. God said it's not good for man to be alone. So he took man, and praise God for the first anesthesiologist. He put him to sleep. Deep, deep sleep. And he performed surgery on Adam. Why did God choose to form Eve out of his rib instead of another pile of dust? Is that sexist or misogynist or somehow demeaning? No. Friend, mankind, the, the, the male side of the house, we came from a pile of mud. That's it. Female, Eve, came from living bone, tissue, blood, DNA. I guess that technically makes you guys, ladies, a more advanced model than we were. There you go. <laughs> Maybe we need a few patches down with things Microsoft. <clears throat> God made woman out of man's rib. Closed up his rib, his, his the incision, and presented her to Adam. Eve was similar enough to be compatible and to be a perfect match and yet different enough to make life interesting and pleasurable and good. When God saw everything that was done, he didn't just say it was good, he said it was good. Now we're talking, he says. 
And yet if you go to Black Lives Matter slash what we believe, if you stand in a protest thinking that you are trying to uplift the notion of justice, which is where this started, it's been hijacked. It has been taken over. And when you march alongside those chanting Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter says you're not talking about Black Lives anymore alone. Now you're saying we reject the notion of heterosexuality. We affirm homosexuality. We affirm lesbianism. We affirm transgender uh, identities. We affirm gender identities of all sorts. That is the spirit of the age in which we live. And I come against the spirit of the age in Jesus' name. I refuse to bow my back. People are losing their livelihood for saying anything against the spirit of the age. Just dare to go into the, the Twitter sphere. Tweet out something that doesn't fit the narrative of this world's agenda. And the cancel culture is all over you. A soccer player from the Galaxy team in Los Angeles lost his job. Not for something he said, or something his wife said. And they fired him. People are losing their jobs, their reputations, their livelihood. This world is coming down and saying, we will force you to bow before the idols of this world. Do I remember a story in the scripture somewhere about that? Well, the music plays, everybody bow down and worship the image of the king. Ever scratched your head and wondered why they didn't just worship the king? There are a lot of reasons it could be. But they didn't demand the worship of the king. They demanded the worship of the system of the king. Kings come and go. Systems tend to stick around a whole lot longer. And friend, there is a system in this world today. Black Lives Matter is just a small piece of a much bigger problem called sin. Yeah. Yep. And the spirit of Antichrist, the apostle wrote about 2,000 years ago, that the spirit of Antichrist was already at work in this world. Friend, if it started working back then, how much greater is the spirit of Antichrist today? I'm about done. I'm not going to get to the articles. We'll get to that another day. Elijah complained to God. He said, I just want to die, Lord. Just kill me. The Lord didn't cancel culture him. The Lord sent an angel and said, hey, here's some bread. Here's some food. Eat it. 
go back to sleep, the angel kicked him in the ribs and said, hey man, eat some more. You're not going to have food for another 40 days here. You're going to, you've got a long journey ahead of you. Go on the strength of this in your journey. God sent him on his way on a journey through the desert. And I'll tell you, journey through the desert is one thing, but when you're feeling sorry for yourself, it's eternity. <laughs> Yeah. By the time he got to the mountain of God, yeah. he was so burnt out, worn out, tired out. He said, just, just kill me, Lord. Just, just let me die. The Lord called him out of that cave with different signs of power. It was the earthquake that shattered the rocks. It was the wind that blew a storm that blew through. There's fire that burned, but the Spirit of God was not in any of those things. And then suddenly a still small voice began to speak into Elijah's heart. And friend, that still small voice of God's voice. Elijah fell on his face, covered his head, and said, Now I know that God is in this place. God began to talk to him. He said, Elijah, I know that you feel like everybody's against you. Israel has been so enslaved in the, the practices of Baal, the worship of idols, and sacrifices to Molech, and all the horrible idolatry of the time. He said, Elijah, you think that you're alone. And I know that Jezebel is trying to kill you. But you know what? God's bigger than Jezebel. Amen. But the gem of God is bigger than the system of this world. Amen. He said, Elijah, your work's not done. Quit feeling sorry for yourself. Get up and be what I called you to do. Be a preacher. Be a child of God. Be somebody who tells the world about God. Oh, and by the way, you think you're the only one that's refused to bow their knee to Baal? I've got 7,000 in this nation that have refused to bow their need. Friend, the world wants you to take a knee to the system. They want you to bow to the idols of Baal. They want you to bow to the idol image of the king, Nebuchadnezzar. They want you to bow to the mindset of this world. But let me remind you that someday every knee will bow. Hallelujah. I said every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Because there are many who say that they're gods in this world. But we know that there's only one God and one Lord, Jesus Christ. I say that with all the love possible in my truth. I'm not here to knock the Muslims. I'm not here to knock the Buddhists or anyone else. I'm here to tell you that Jesus Christ is Lord and He is God. I'm here to tell you. What that blind elderly Christian lady up in the Northeast. Did you read that story today? A blind elderly woman, Christian woman, has been handing out booklets of the book of John, the gospel according to John, in a city park 
and in a public library inside her house. The city has now banned her from the park and from the library because she dared to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. That's the world we're in, folks. Can't sugarcoat it. I'm not here pressing the panic button and saying the sky is falling, but guess what? The sky is falling. This world is coming to an end very soon. When God says it's time to clean up this mess, you don't want to be down here. When God says it's time to clean up this mess. You want to hear his voice that says, come higher, hallelujah, come on up to me. Just like he told Enoch, come on, come, come take a walk with me. I'm waiting for that trumpet sound that says, come on, it's time to take a walk with Jesus, hallelujah. I want to move out of the way so that God can clean up this mess down here and we can come back and reign with him as kings and priests forever, hallelujah. But friend, you better be ready for the trumpet sound because we are living in dangerous times. World is demanding that you accept, you bow, you fit in, you don't say anything wrong against anybody else. Don't go against the narrative. I'm not here to go against the narrative of Black Lives Matter or anything else. I'm not against anything. You know what? I'm for. I'm for Jesus Christ. I'm here to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I reference Black Lives Matter's website, their manifesto. Not to tear down Black Lives Matter. I'm here to tell you, I have a God who's bigger than Black Lives Matter. Amen. Amen. I have a God who's bigger than racial hatred and tension. I have a God who's bigger than senseless brutality and violence. Does that exist in our world today? Yes. Are there some police that are brutal and violent? Yes. Most of them are not. Most of them are selfless in their service. But folks, we need to pray for our police forces around the world. Amen. Amen. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for those who are trying to unite, not divide. We need to pray for healing. We need to pray for peace. We need to pray for maturity. We need to pray that the love of God be demonstrated in the world. We're not going to do it by jumping on the political slogan bandwagon of the day. We'll do it by demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. We lost the battle. Revere as you come up and lead us in prayer once again for this world. Darkness and sin of this world to be healed. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our police officers. Pray for our black brothers and sisters. Pray for every person in this world. Stand if you will, please, as we pray. Heavenly Father.